0: so episode 25 yeah bit of a milestone i feel like it is i I agree with you went back to basics a little one-on-one jason and richard talking
1: shooting the shit coming back to the the core of the show yeah i mean uh we did have uh several guests uh there were there were possibilities of just making this another episode uh, the way that we usually do and um to uh it was certainly not for lack of interest or lack of uh, you know not wanting to see people, but I think it it w- I think we both always wanted to kind of bring it back sometimes just to the just me and you.
0: Yeah, just like episode one.
1: hmm So if you're tuning into this one, um, we the the theme of it is really I mean we do talk about comedy and we talk about celebrity and we talk Oscars. about the Oscars a little bit and we um, you know we, we 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 didn't really we just kind of let it flow. Yeah, I would say.
0: Yeah, a little bit about what it's like to have a podcast in episode 25.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Sugar Sammy. Yeah, we talked about Jimmy Sugar Car. Sammy, Jimmy Carr. Um, People having a relationship with you that you're not aware of.
1: Yeah, so we talk about this whole idea of, of broadcasting or of performance, uh, some high school stories. We just had a good conversation, I would say. That's, that's really the preamble here.
0: Yeah. Talked about our own celebrity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> looking back or lack thereof
1: lack thereof yeah. but no uh, this one is uh, old school you know uh, this is a good starting point I guess maybe for anyone joining Fire in a Hole at this point sure because this is kind of the core of what we do is uh, we uh, we just two best friends uh, bringing back the art of conversation and just shooting the shit right
0: if you don't like this episode you're not gonna like this podcast
1: That's that's I would say that's a fair assessment yeah I'd say so Fire in the
0: hole Fire in the hole man When you're dealing with a store like this They have insured
2: up the ass They're not supposed to give you any resistance whatsoever If you get a customer Or an employee Who thinks he's Charles Bronson Take the butt of your gun And smash their nose in Drops him right to the floor Everyone jumps He falls down screaming Blood squirts out of his nose Freaks everybody out Nobody says fucking shit after that You might get some bitch talk shit to you but give her a look like you're gonna smash her in the face next. Watch her shut the fuck up. (laughs) Now, if it's a manager, that's a different story.
0: The manager's no better than the fuck around. So if you get one that's giving you static,
2: he probably thinks he's a real cowboy, so you gotta break that son of a bitch in two. If you wanna know something he won't tell you, cut off one of his fingers, the little one,
0: then tell him his thumb's next. After that, he'll tell you if he wears lady's underwear.
2: I'm hungry. Let's get a taco.
0: Episode 25. 25. We've made, uh, it's a bit of a milestone, right? Yeah, you're right.
1: You're right. Uh, I mean, we joke about it every single episode, right? Like episode six, we're like, dude, remember, think about it, we're going to be at episode. But yeah, it is. 25 does represent a fair amount of people's time.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Every, every, Every time it's just like, oh, wow. Yeah. But then you see like other people like Rogan. I think he's at like 766 or something like that. Sure. But I checked the stats this week, and we're at like... Once the next ep- the episode right before this goes live, we're at like 48 hours of just us talking bullshit. <laughs> wow.
1: Well, luckily, we've had some great guests. Yeah. Maybe that's sort of what we should start off with is just kind of... Um do like a very very minimal very mini retrospective yeah because i i i've lost track actually of how many people we've had on and we've had some good guests we've had some great guests, right yeah i mean i I remember us being a little bit skeptical at first not knowing exactly how that would work out and there were concerns about maybe getting too interviewee
0: yeah it turns out that we just know a lot of really cool people
1: yeah (laughs) it's true right it's true yeah
0: And some of them are and it's not just us like we think they're they're amazing right and they come on the show and other people have said that they're amazing we got some great feedback on those shows it's great that's kind
1: of a cool yeah that's a good feeling to go okay I thought that guy was cool but now everyone other people are saying it's
0: okay I've had a like a renewed sense of how cool and how lucky I am to know all the people that I know and to have chosen the friends that I've chosen And my family, too. Like, we've had a bunch of people from my family, like, wow.
1: That was a big show for you. I mean, I I felt it. Like, I felt something happen when you had uh, your dad on.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was great. And uh, also Danny's,
1: uh, Danny's like, uh, reoccurring uh, guest star, guest spots have been really...
0: Right, Mark DeLille. Yeah. Coming on. How is Mark, by the way? Uh, He seems to be better. I think he's getting around. He's... You know, able to do some stuff around the house but he's yeah, still his he's, ankle right yeah mm-hmm. yeah it was a bad bad break okay so we still need to make it out out there and take the the podcast on the road
1: yeah no that's uh that's not just a good idea we have to get we have to get that done yeah um because on that. he's a he's uh he's good peeps and also i mean we have fun i i personally like
0: his episode was great his was, stories were amazing his
1: stories were amazing but i mean i i love that guy <laughs> like uh you know he's uh he's a contender in my in my life like uh, if i think about all the friends i've had i've known people much longer and uh i know more about certain people in my life but he's definitely uh like i'd pick him at dodgeball right
0: yeah the dodgeball of life (laughs) in the dodgeball of life you'd pick him first um Second? Well, I, I'd like to think that you. I'd pick you first. You'd pick me first? Ah, right. oh, I'm on it. You know, 25
1: episodes in. I think <laughs> that means something about our friendship as well, maybe. Thanks, thanks, thanks. Yep.
0: Okay, so you'd pick Mark the Little second? Something like that, Yeah. Okay. sure.
1: All right. Yeah, he'd definitely be in the top contender. He's also really tall, and he looks like he has reach.
0: That's true. <laughs> he could probably kill, kill it, dodgeball.
1: He could probably whip that fucker. Um, put some mustard on that
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh that ball but uh, yeah
1: mark's been great um uh, fred newyan who had all those great stories about yeah, the temple Fred's
0: episodes are amazing
1: um even, denny's awesome yeah absolutely i mean Danny's always a good time
0: sony yeah. and adam great yeah the
1: airline stories the juvenile detention stories um uh julian's even julian's podcasting story right like starting yeah. out in podcasting before there was podcasting
0: yeah we need to get him back on yeah we do.
1: eric uh eric jean who's been back a few times and strong contender yeah very strong
0: contender very strong and contender. just a very eloquent speaker definitely
1: well yeah. he always he always has but i had no doubt that he would do well on in this format and I'm, in fact i've encouraged him uh, to um to look into it. You know, I, I, I've yeah. noticed that, too. I don't know if you've noticed this. Have you, like, you listen to the episodes, and you're like, damn, this guest is, like, this person's got the vibe. They've got the cadence. They could they could do this. Do their own
0: podcast, yeah. It seems to be a thing on a podcast, too, when you have a guest o- over. Like, the, podcast, the podcaster realizes how cool podcasting is and how much fun they're having doing it. And they have somebody else on, and they're like... You should totally do podcasting. So a lot of podcasts are selling other guests on launching their own podcast, yeah. which has kind of grown the whole phenomenon definitely. a little bit. Yeah. It
1: seems like that's how this medium proliferates, right? I think so, yeah. Because there seems to be like um, maybe the buy-in or is, is much more attainable. Maybe. Than like, oh, you should, you should do stand-up comedy too. And you're like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know.
0: <laughs> which you definitely should.
1: Oh, uh, who me? Uh, yeah, I'm going, yes, yes. I'm going
0: on the record to say that you should do stand-up <laughs> comedy.
1: It certainly fascinates both of us, right?
0: Uh, it fascinates me as an audience member. Uh, I would never think that I would have the the chops to really get up on stage. Mm-hmm. But
1: is it really? But okay, let's 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 talk about you for a second here. Me, yes, you. Okay, Mike. So, because this is about you. Goodbye. No, this this can't this can't be about me. <laughs> it can't be about me all the time, Richard.
2: Yeah, it could be.
0: Could be. It could be. If, it could be.
1: <laughs> but you have a love of comedy. You've watched pound for pound way more stand-up comedy than I have. Correct. And um, I love the confidence <laughs> with which that is correct. You have less hours logged, my friend. Right. So that's you, not
0: really a thing to aspire to necessarily, though. No, but
1: it is indicative of definitely a commitment level an interest um, uh, a taste for it I certainly love it as well but I don't watch it I don't watch stand-up shows with the same veracity I think if anything uh, because of your love of it it's increased my interest in it and I've sort of you know I mean sure as a kid you know Raw, Delirious were instrumental I think to both of our childhoods right?
2: oh
0: hell yeah
1: yeah like those were they're unwatchable now but
0: they're not though
1: they're not no they're they're okay because delirious I, fi- I find is like it's almost hate speech at this level at this time if you if you uh there's like stuff about aids and your penis blowing up like it's funny mm-hmm. but it's so naive that it's
0: it's lost some of its muster definitely some of the old style of comedy is difficult to listen to at this point
1: point. and mr t being gay and ripping your <laughs> penis off is like <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you get that it's contextual and everything. Yeah, and also watching Eddie Murphy like walking around in that outfit is is a bit, in a non-ironic way, like he's not wearing it ironically.
0: There's a nostalgia factor to it as well. I like, guess just like the like watching the original Star Wars sure. now would be not quite the same as okay, you know, watching it as a kid and then rewatching it sort of thing. Okay, but, but I, I I remember there was one of them that. Aged really well, and one that aged really poorly. I can't remember which one it was between Delirious and Raw. But I feel
1: like it was maybe Raw because he's a bit older, maybe. And uh, he talks a little bit about relationships, and marriage, and stuff.
0: Yeah, and his mom with the
1: with the shoe. And that's that's Delirious. Is that Delirious? Yeah. Uh, so the
0: kids' stories is mostly Delirious. That stuff is still still kind of good.
1: Yeah, I guess I guess maybe that was the core of Eddie Murphy's comedy is when he was still in touch with the. Uh, I don't want to say the ghetto, but like the the classic Amer- african-american low to middle class upbringing big yeah. family having to hustle having to make do like that story i think once he stopped telling that story is where he kind of disconnected from his uh
0: core audience and certainly anything that has to do with pop culture of the time you know like mr t you know not that really that into mr t anymore
1: right it right doesn't age as well certainly okay. okay but so just so i don't get lost here um you are you love stand up comedy yeah okay yeah. now do you actually do you study the what's going on when you're watching
0: it or do you just experience it and laugh i experience it i you know i i enjoy the sociological aspect of it i think we've talked about it a couple of times i'm not sure if it was on the air or not Okay, you That's mean like another like, thing that happens after twenty five episodes? <laughs> you don't know sure. if that was a conversation that was unrecorded or a podcast conversation. Well,
1: you, we've talked about how okay, we've talked about the, the the phenomenon of people sort of getting on board this train.
0: Yeah, right? it's, like, it's like group hypnosis a little right. bit.
1: Right. You know? But I, I mean, like when you watch comedy, do you sort of do you look at the way that the comedy is being done? Are you starting to look at it in a sort of third dimension and going like, oh, I see what he's doing there. He's working his way towards. Oh, oh, that's an interesting thing he's. Yeah, doing you can
0: you can see the you can see the callbacks and you, can, you know the the patterns and the the ebb and the flow and the, the technique. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, okay. and the beats that he's hitting or she's hitting, and yeah, right yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so I, I find it I find it fascinating and also very entertaining. And I also have like a voracious, voracious, voracious appetite for just content in general. So. Right. But anything that's like stimulating so like i'll just go through tons of stuff like as i'm working i'm also digesting this other content and stuff so
1: yeah now you kind of always done that a little bit right yeah listen to stuff on the side and
0: yeah which is why i like i <coughs> love podcasts love the stand-up stand-up comedy i can kind of do two things at once
1: right yeah okay but um i guess what i'm trying to manipulate you into telling me is uh if there was none of this pressure of, like, the crowd looking at you and this whole business of all eyes on you and you being kind of a a bit of a performance situation, like, is this something that you would be interested to do? No. No?
0: No, not at
1: interested all. Interested in doing is what I should have said.
0: No, no. I don't. Not think at so. all. No. So you've
1: never had any sort of, not even in the wild fantasy of, like, going up on stage, grabbing the mic and nope. doing, like, a set? No, not even. Okay. A little bit. Because because it's not even this podcast
0: is a stretch for me
1: well yeah okay so
0: i mean it kind of makes sense like i don't i don't have the the gift for gab that you do no stop doing that (laughs) i
1: hate when you do that why it's embarrassing why is it embarrassing it's just a little embarrassing
0: it's true anyone who's listening to this podcast knows you're carrying all this shit i just uh,
1: come on they know that i talk more yeah
0: Like, I, you know, you go through editing or you go to like, sound checking and stuff, and I'll I'll skip forward, like, five minutes at a time. I, it's very rare that I hit on me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah. But that's just because I'm
0: verbose. Yeah, you're <laughs> verbose. And I'm not verbose. Okay. So I think you need to be verbose in order to be stand-up, to do stand-up. Possibly. Or at least have that kind of um, be an extrovert as opposed to an introvert. Right. I would say that I identify a bit more with introvert. Okay. So
1: it's not just a qu I guess what I'm trying to get to is it's not a question of shyness. You 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 actually even if you could get over the that part, it's just not something that you would be interested in doing.
0: Yeah. I mean I I don't think that I have that skill. I don't think that I'm that great of a talker. I don't think I'm that funny. I don't think that I enjoy performing. So. Okay. Which are all things that are necessary in order to be a stand-up comedian, I would imagine. I guess. I guess.
1: <laughs> or just to be really neurotic or to look yeah. funny. Yeah. Sometimes you just looking funny can get you there. Um, or be ethnic, which is something that uh, I was telling you the other day. That is, is something that keeps coming back and really sort of burns my ass a little bit. Um, after the Oscars uh, last weekend, was it? No. Anyway, the Oscars yeah, were just recently. Did you care, watch, keep track of in any way? No. No.
0: Well, I, I. I mean, I. I know that DiCaprio finally got his Oscar, right? Which was the big thing, and uh, Chris Rock's uh, intro I found was really cool. Yeah, you liked it. Yeah. I. I. Did, I, I had a problem. I had some problems with it. Did you? <laughs> yes. Okay. Do tell.
1: Well, okay. So this all ties into stand-up comedy, by the way. Um, but. I had a couple of issues with it, and first of all, the whole way that this, the, the lead up to this whole Oscars thing was kind of weird, because it started with all these people kind of, um, well, they, they just made it racial, right? As soon as the nominees were announced.
0: The Oscars So White thing?
1: Yeah, even yeah. though that's been happening for the last couple of years now. Uh, there was a, I remember there was another flare up a few years ago, maybe 10 years ago. Uh, and we even joke about it sometimes. It's that Oscars where the suspicion had been raised that the Oscars may not be fair to blacks. And then suddenly Sidney Poitier is getting a lifetime achievement award after having, like, n- nobody ever brought up his name, even though he single handedly carried, like, Hollywood during his entire, you know, prime. Um, suddenly there they give Denzel Washington an Oscar for Training Day after ignoring him for, like, The Hurricane and Malcolm X and a bunch of other, like, really big performances. Much bigger movies. They're like, oh, quickly, does he have a movie out? Oh, thank God. All right, what is it? I don't even care. Just give him the award, right? Like, it just stunk. Uh, Halle Berry got an award for Monster's Ball or Monster Ball or whatever. This movie that, like, basically nobody liked. Except for the fact that it has a really, really uncomfortable sex scene between her and Billy Bob Thornton, which is, you know, it sounds like a nightmare that someone would have after a bad meal. Yeah. You know, like Halle Berry. Okay, I'm with you. But Billy Bob Thornton is kind of like, okay, no, that nobody wants to see that. And yeah, suddenly she was, the. that's the one where she was like sobbing on the stage or whatever.
0: I don't watch the Oscars ever. It just got me. I don't me, have TV. I can't watch Oscars. Good man. Oscars.
1: But I mean, either, in a sense. Yeah, it's true. I don't have cable anymore. But anyway, so I didn't like the fact that already this whole thing was kind of uh, a circus before it even began, meaning the Oscars, the last one. And with social media, you know, and then Jada Pinkett Smith opening her yap, who, like, there are a few people in Hollywood that I, I don't like and I can't stand, even though I shouldn't pay attention to them. And she's
0: certainly one of them. Like the whole family is a bunch of yeah <laughs> there's something <laughs> wrong with those people. There's certainly something Their wrong with them. Their kids are like like insufferable.
1: Yeah, and they're they're insufferable as a family, period, right? Hmm. And I kind of feel bad for them because I do have some compassion for Will Smith. Like we all we grew up on Will Smith, you know. Yeah, Fresh Prince, baby. Uh, and I he's a talented guy, he's a smart businessman. He like I feel like he went he's a success story and he hmm. deserves to be where he is. But then he kind of married this weird, weird kind of semi-successful, not really successful actress. Uh, um,
0: homeschooled their kids or something.
1: And then yeah, they turned in. They they tried to become like the the Black Kennedys or of Hollywood. You know, <laughs> they tried to kind of start the dynasty. And I understand because I feel like in the United States there's this madness that happens in the black community whenever any black person re- receives a an award or become successful financially suddenly there are all these community leaders and these tribal leaders that like surround them and, and, and pump them full of this pressure to carry the torch for the entire race right mm. like uh, what's her name Uhura from Star Trek <coughs> oh, Right. I forget her name now but because she had that on screen kiss with um, Captain Kirk like back in the 60s which was a weak, big deal
0: it was a huge
1: deal um, suddenly, she had to become like a flag bearer for the movement, and that—that that it's understandable, right?
0: I'd, I'd get behind that. She's I, a I, classy lady.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. And I don't know why I can't remember her name just now, but the fact is, she—I she, can get that. But I, I, everyone sort of saw Will Smith. He's kind of the first, unlike bankable black comedic action crossover star. Like Never. I don't think. And rapper, rapper as well, yeah. <laughs> Back in the day, but I don't think, yeah, DJ, DJ, these, DJ Jazzy Jessie Jeff, DJ Jeff, Jeff and, and the Fresh, Fresh Prince, Prince, yeah. yeah. Okay. He's only also the only guy that could like act in his movie, produce his movie, and do the rap, like catchy single for his movie, all mm-hmm. in one package, you know? Right. So the guy like was a king Midas sort of thing. So yeah, so like Jada Pinkett opens her mouth and starts this whole like boycott movement as if she's the one most directly affected. And what made it weird too is that the whole reason for her belly aching was because her hubby wasn't uh, nominated yeah. or something.
0: Yeah. It would have seemed more, more legitimate if it had been someone else but her her own husband. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's kind of sweet in its own sort of misguided way. Yeah. Like, you know, trying to support her husband, but Make it seems it less legitimate. It's not really like, a, I don't know, a judgment of the performance. It's more of a, hey, how come we don't get our thing?
1: Right. And uh, not to mention, she kind of put him in a really tricky position. You notice how quiet he's been about the whole situation.
0: Yeah, I, I haven't really
1: been following it. I think he's kind of been like sort of staying out of the limelight because she she's basically embarrassed
0: him. So she boycotted. Did he boycott? No, no, no. No, no she's the one
1: that made the huge thing about it, and she just put up a video of herself like, uh, talking about how, here we go, see, like, here's an, here we go again, all white nominees.
0: And then there was the the lady who was playing uh, Will Smith's aunt in... Yes, Aunt Vivian a- or aunt whatever. Aunt Vivian, yeah.
1: Yeah, the second Aunt Vivian
0: or the first. Because remember I'm they changed sure. actresses. There was two of them, yeah. I'm not sure which one it was. One of them, yeah. But she was, she had a, had a reaction to that. And then Pinkett had a... Reaction yeah, didn't she say something like she didn't? Just they tell were bickering her, like, back and forth.
1: She told her like, "Shut the hell up!" You know, like you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, and then Stacy Dash, <laughs> who's that? Came out of nowhere. So she's some like pretty girl, pretty actress, but who like we haven't heard from in easily 15 years. What is she play? She's been in a whole bunch of those uh, kind of made for black black community movies. You know, like the ones that you like don't really see like the. Like, like Medea, the, uh, maybe them. No, I don't. I couldn't tell you what the titles are, but I I remember are unwatchable.
0: Of, by the way, the Medea
1: movies. Yeah, I have never even attempted. I can't imagine. I've
0: tried. I don't. Yeah. I don't understand. I can't. Maybe do it's it. just my whiteness, but I, I don't. I don't get it. I
1: I think honestly, those that that it's okay to say to to watch something like that and go like, okay, this was clearly not for me.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's fine.
1: Twilight. Exactly. Clearly not for me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Stacey Dash, the only reason I recognize her is she was kind of the love interest in a Wayne's movie called Mo, uh, Mo Money, Mo Money that I, used, I watched accidentally in the 90s.
0: <laughs> right? Accidentally. Whoops, I just watched that movie. Well, like I you wasn't like, I absolutely,
1: absolutely have to see this movie. I, I think I was working in a video store at the time and I was like, uh-huh. yeah, what's this all about? And, oh, you know, it's Marlon Wayans. Okay, let's watch this. Or Damon, it was Damon Wayans, I think, in you know. it. So,
0: when you could back in the day when you could still convince yourself to watch a Wayans movie,
1: yeah, <laughs> although I never thought they were funny except on their show, The Living Color was like yeah, really yeah, funny. yeah, it was great, and a, and a launch pad for a bunch of stand ups, right? So, yep. Stacey Dash comes out of nowhere, somebody interviews her, and she says, Um, we should abolish black television and, and we should abolish all of these, like BET and we should abolish Black History Month because we're all Americans and we should all be one. Her message actually made a lot of sense. Right? She was kind of trying to say, like, you know, the same as there's been said about the gay and lesbian community, like, you know, it's time to move back into the world and normalize this shit as opposed to constantly making it an issue of us and them, right? Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, poor Stacey uh, didn't quite have the eloquence to articulate this point of view, and it also seemed like she kind of maybe had it secondhand, or I don't know. Maybe it was the interview that didn't let her. Maybe she's really smart. I don't know. I don't want to judge that. But
0: it she, had, didn't, she didn't come across very well.
1: Well, I thought she she sounded all right, but for some reason, all the black entertainers and the black community like just like crucified her. Hmm. They like they crucified her. They, you know, calling her every every name in the book. And then like we're not even we're like a good week or two away from the Oscars and this bullshit is already going on, so I'm like, okay. I started to get the feeling that they were kind of trying to um milk this for ratings because the Oscars have been progressively losing ratings every every year. Award shows period. They've just they've become irrelevant.
0: Okay. So a little controversy is good. Right right they like it
1: you know if someone says they're not going to come to the vmas or whatever they'll make instead of just keeping it hush hush now you know times have changed and for advertisers this is really big money so they're they're hanging on to it but this award show thing has kind of become a little bit stupid and i don't know what do you think you think there's still any sense to it
0: i think it's been ridiculous for a really long time but anything to stay relevant is probably good for them I get the I get the pageantry, I get that, but I feel like
1: it used to be special because we never saw these people on t v in as themselves,
0: right well, we're living in outrage culture, yeah right right so if if there's no outrage around it then it's doesn't sell
1: it's not even an event,
0: yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah, I would say that okay, that's probably true, or at least it's partially true, yeah, yeah, if you don't have people screaming and yelling and there has, to be a, there has
1: to be a controversy.
0: Yeah, because that's what gets people writing about it one way or the other, and that's what people get. You know, people get interested in because of that. Especially Nothing, with especially no such meeting. thing as bad publicity. Kind especially of now. Thing. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, it's great.
0: Now you it's, can't you can't buy that. It's shit. It's
1: actually now it's just publicity. There's no bad or good anymore. It's just publicity. Right. There are no consequences anyway to anything because people move on ten minutes later to another news. Mm-hmm. Another controversy court. It's the whole online, basically, world of Twitter and social media, has essentially become uh, a never-ending episode of Jerry Springer.
0: Yeah, pretty much.
1: Right, and we're waiting to see who's gonna throw the chair first or the pregnancy test. <laughs> <laughs> right, or or, or uh, booking like the Ku Klux Klan next to the Black Panthers on the same show, and then wondering how how long, like just counting down to see how long it's going to take.
0: It certainly seems like things have degenerated.
1: But this uh, this whole idea of like uh, the pageantry, I mean, uh, now that we're following stars twenty four seven on their Twitter accounts, uh, in 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 uh, celebrity websites, celebrity. Paparazzi culture. I feel like award shows have completely lost their their kind of luster. Mm -hmm. There's nothing special about seeing them there, right? Because you know what they ate for lunch yesterday. Yeah, that's a good point. You know who they ate lunch with. You saw them in their like gym shorts or whatever, and with their dong, like you know, like their John Hamm or whatever. You saw them in in various states of non-cinema, non-prettied up. Right. So, like, the award shows are like, okay, why are we watching these guys all pretending to be friends and respectable?
0: They're slightly more dressed up than usual? Maybe. They're all drunk. Yeah.
1: They're all patting each other on the back for stuff.
0: Interacting with each other.
1: Yeah. And they're like, oh, who made faces to whose who's award announcement? And the whole thing is just really strange. Yeah. And Bill Burr actually said really something, something funny. He's like, Aren't awards for, like, children? <laughs> didn't, don't we do that stuff, you know, you're in the swim team and yeah. you get your little fucking ribbons? I think that
0: was the last time I got a ribbon.
1: Right? Yeah. Um, you're really happy when you get your little paper medallion? Exactly. For Go-
0: your gold star.
1: <laughs> right. So it's a bit, it's a bit odd to, to, to have grown-ups kind of doing
0: this. Yeah. I imagine it would be quite patronizing if I were to imagine myself as an actor.
1: To receive an award
0: yeah, or, or just to behold like to be beholding to this sham yeah, of an
1: award and I get, and that's I think what happens is a lot of actors, you can see some of them are perfectly content to sit there and smile and nod, yeah, and some of them are kind of irreverent and t- totally taking advantage of it, like Ali right. G did something really great at the awards, that's the no, only I didn't thing. see it. it's the only thing I saw that was funny, okay, because he wasn't supposed to be Ali G. He was given specific orders not to fuck around. He was supposed to go out with Olivia Wilde and just present some some category. Mm-hmm. And uh, he ducked into the this porter potty with his wife for an hour, and she helped him apply like the fake goatee and the <laughs> the, the whole like L E G outfit. And he didn't read the prompter, and he just decided to make a mockery of the whole thing. That's hilarious. He's like, Whoa. he said something to the effect of, uh, you know. I know what you. I know when you see me. I know what you're thinking. Here's another black presenter, <laughs> or whatever. Here, here goes another black celebrity that and You guys don't care. But what about he? says, "What about the little yellow people with small dongs? Like oh, what about yeah. them? What about the minions? <laughs> what you know?" And so,
0: and then Vice wrote an article about how it's oh now it's okay to make fun of Asian people in right. the media. Like,
1: of course, this is the next round now. Fuck
0: fucking vice
1: but anyway just to to bring this back to uh what you originally mentioned which was chris rock's monologue is that there was this huge movement asking chris rock not to host like as some sort of gesture of solidarity uh they were asking Which you mentioned
0: in in the
2: monologue right? right
1: yeah to not host or whatever and turn down probably big money um Especially at this point, if there's a controversy, you know he has to do the show. Yeah. right. But uh, I don't know. Before I sort of object to some of the stuff, what did you like about it? What did you like about his monologue?
0: I just thought that he made fun of the whole everything. I I thought he made light of um, all the controversy. And uh, that's really what comedy is supposed to do. You know, like things are not supposed to be off. Like out of bounds, Right. and there's this whole thing recently in in comedy where, uh, because of extreme PC culture, you can't really make jokes about things anymore. Agreed. <clears throat> so I I was happy that he didn't go the ultra PC rep. Okay. Because I think it's ultimately uh, destructive. Definitely be going that way. I agree with that. Yeah. You know, I'm not I'm not a fan of the PC culture and. I mean overly PC culture. I mean to to a point, of course. Like you don't want to hurt people's feelings, um, but the nature of comedy there's there's inherent cruelty in comedy.
1: To a certain degree, I think
0: Mel Brooks had a had a uh, some kind of quote. I'm going to butcher it probably, but comedy is not when I slip on a banana peel, but comedy is when you fall down a manhole and die okay right it's there's always kind of a victim in in comedy but it there's a playfulness to it as well and i think that that the comedy is a very useful tool for us to overcome uh, some of the issues that we you know come up to in our in our our day-to-day lives so to Take that away, I think is is horrible. To to remove that that uh, that tool, to 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 be able to laugh at ourselves and to laugh at each other and to kind of smooth things over with laughter, I think is it's a it's a powerful tool, and it's there for a reason. And if you if you take it away and you neuter that completely, so that nothing is can be made fun of anymore, then I don't know. I don't. I'm not a fan of it. You know, it's one thing to do it in a malicious and like hateful way, but I don't think that's really the the case. You know, like I prefer kind of like the roasting mentality where you know go at it. You know, anything like, goes. Yeah, do what you gotta do. Call me this. Call me names. As long as it's all in good fun, we hug each other at the end. It's 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 therapeutic.
1: I I, I agree. I agree. I, I don't think I agree necessarily with um, any. nothing should be out of bounds. Sure. Because I feel yeah. like that's the other extreme.
0: No, I mean, if, if it's if it's cruel and and evil, yeah. then that's one thing. But if it's, you know, in, like in good taste. Drugs.
1: You know? But then again, right. I think it's it always comes down to the wielder. Right? Right. Because in the hands of the right person, the charismatic person who does something clever with it, uh, I think Seinfeld showed Uh, not that I was a huge Seinfeld fan, but he did, in fact, demonstrate that he could make anything funny, including death, right? Like, they made that... I think that was almost a challenge to them on the show, is to kill off a character and somehow laugh at that. Or uh, uh, Rowan Atkinson, when he did the Blackadder series. I mean, the last season of that show was set in the trenches of World War I. Mm -hmm. And they all die at the end. And the whole show, in fact, was about a guy trying to somehow get the fuck out of the trenches and not get not get not die like everyone right so i think in the hands of an intelligence on uh, an intelligent person of a charismatic person you can go a lot further but i ultimately it all comes down to intention you know
0: i i would agree with that
1: if someone's making fun of death and horrible things and like awkward things in life but is doing it with kind of a i'm one of you like looking you in the eye doing it and there's a point to the whole thing, as the disgust and the the, the awfulness of it is not the crux of the joke. Mm. Uh, I mean, if somebody started telling me about them masturbating, I'd be immediately like, "Dude, no, I don't, I don't want to know this." Like, I can't think of almost any context in which that's something that I want someone else to relate to me. But Louis C.K. jokes about it, uh, you know, going to a peep show uh, after having impulse bought bought a, a trumpet that he didn't know how to play. <laughs> he just blew $1,400 on a trumpet that he didn't know how to play. He had no skills, but he just had this obsession. He's like, I'm just going to buy this trumpet now. And then he ended up at a peep show and he talks about jerking off and how it splooched on, his, on the case of, <laughs> of the trumpet, at which point he realized if he had just gone to the peep show first, he would have gotten rid of the the anxiety that made him buy the fucking trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> he should have just done that, right? And he's sitting there like an asshole with a $1,400 trumpet. So like in that context, I'm laughing, I'm crying. But
0: that's, that's a joke about the human condition.
1: Right. That's right. not somebody going, and I did this and my junk and blah, blah, and, t- and basically trying to gross you out and make you feel uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. Well, in, in today's uh society i would would say that probably self-deprecating humor is the safest form of humor because if there has to be a victim in some way even if it's not malicious if there has to be like a, a a victim of a particular joke better it be you than someone else so you have i mean i was watching comedy today and and it seems like that's becoming more and more prevalent you know you got like uh I was watching one, uh, she recently was on, on Conan, super funny, you know, like this uh, tall tall girl but she was, the whole time she was talking about how she was tall and she was like 6 foot when she was 14 years old and people told her that she was uh, she could be a model because she was so tall but it was only because she was tall, not because of her face she was pretty. or <clears throat> or, you know, and then and then you, you you go to the next video and it's like fat guy and he's talking about how it's like Right. I'm, I'm so fat and how, you know like I like to eat so much and then and then the next guy is like oh I'm you know I'm so Jewish and here's all the things about me about being Jewish and it just seems it's to become be the, easy yeah, yeah like you just can't point fingers at anybody else like that's the safe route of comedy right, right now is just to make fun of whatever you are
1: unless you're ethnic
0: I don't know ethnic yeah. ethnic works
1: no but this is this brings us back to that conversation we had, where I was telling you how earlier this week how people like Sugar Sammy and Russell Peters and guys like these, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of pissed me off, right? right? Um, in a certain sense, right? Um, so just to quickly close the Chris Rock conversation before I get to that, I'd say that what I understand what you liked about it, and certainly it was funny, but I thought that he was above. He, it was over his head, he, he was in over his head uh, I feel like he was trying to kind of do what Chris Rock does best is to bring kind of common sense to it all but in the end it ended up being really fucking awkward as I watched it, like he's making jokes about you know, black people should be dealing with like bigger issues than not being nominated at Oscars, you know and then you're like, okay, that's a good one everyone gets a little chuckle about that how like this is not really important and then he goes on to go in, into, like, you know...
0: No, he was saying, back in the day... Back in the day, we had things to talk about. We had, like we had our more important things to talk lynched. about. Than, yeah, that
1: yeah. whole bit was really weird. I didn't understand what he was doing there. And the fact that it was drawing this laughter from, like, again, a mostly white crowd... Yeah. ...was really kind of a weird thing to see. It didn't offend me. I didn't find mm-hmm. it offensive. I was right. just like, I don't think anyone knows what the fuck's going on right now. Right. I don't think he knew how to handle it, honestly. And I yeah, felt. It is
0: dangerous territory.
1: Super dangerous. I don't envy him. I mean, I,
0: mean I think he navigated it be- better than most people would have been able to. He,
1: he could have done much worse, sure. He yes. could have, like, pulled a James Franco. Remember that year? James no. Franco and, and, and uh, Hathaway co hosting, and it was like a disaster.
0: Oh, yeah. I think I remember something about like that. Like, Anne Hathaway and kept trying to
1: to be, like, adorable and likable. And James Franco was just, like, seemed like he was bombed out of his fucking skull the entire time. Really? Yeah. He's just, like, <laughs> just like he looks so high the entire show. <laughs> and, like, never again type of thing. Right? Right. It wasn't even uh, uh, lucratively bad. Right? It wasn't, like, a Ricky, Ricky Gervais who, like, makes things super fucking awkward. But that's their brand now.
0: It kind of works, yeah.
1: It kind of work. He's made it work, or he keeps trying to get fired, but he can't. <laughs> they keep bringing him back every year. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So that's that's the thing about Chris Rock is I thought that was weird. Um, my problem with ethnic comedy is, like you were saying, if I feel like that restriction about self-deprecation only applies to white comics. It seems that if you are in any way, um, you know, visibly asian black whatever you have some sort of minority to you especially if you're like a weird non not obvious one right like i like me (laughs) right if you're like a brown something and you know people are like oh it's a mix of something it seems like there's like a, a a license to kill you can just especially since russell peters uh you can just shit on all the everybody and while there is a bit to that that is funny, I think it's weird, and especially here where we live, our Russell Peters is like uh, Sugar Sammy, and I find what he does really in bad taste.
0: I've never watched a single Sugar Sammy. Yeah. nor would I want to.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's just to give you put you in context. It's like very classic. Uh, Indian guy, but like he speaks perfect French. He speaks perfect English, and I think he speaks his uh, Hindi or whatever, whichever.
0: I'm familiar with Russell Peters, so I'm guessing it's a. It's kind of the same package, right? But I think he's even more more in touch. Yeah, he's got.
1: Actually, he's, he's 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 me in many ways because he grew up in the same neighborhood as I did. Yeah, around the same years.
0: You could have done that whole shtick very easily if you wanted to
1: i guess maybe i'm immune to it a little bit in that sense yeah is that the things that he's making fun of to me are not particularly strange uh Mm -hmm. so i give him that pass right i'm 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 trying to look at this objectively not as like oh you haven't impressed jason therefore you're not funny right i always try to take that distance right but i've seen samples of a show my girlfriend's gone and let me just put it really clearly out there French-Canadian, like white people, period, love him. Specifically, francophones here love the piss out of this guy. Just like they love that other guy, Rachel Badouri, who's like kind of just a French-only version of Sugar Sammy. Okay. And if you watch a little bit of local TV, um, the francophone market is kind of very closed. It's very small. It's a small star system. And they have their token black guys. They have their token black guys. They have their a couple of their ethnic dudes that are cool to have on the morning show. And, of course, they're milking it for everything it's worth because they're doing, of course, almost exclusively uh, ethnic jokes, right? Or t- they talk with an accent and they have nappy hair or they have weird whatever, and then they're just milking that all the way to the bank because Just for Laughs is basically the biggest stage for comedy possibly in the world. And I have a problem with that a little bit. I'm not triggered, <laughs> let's be clear here. <laughs> but I just think there are a couple of things going on in the Sammy, uh, Sugar Sammy show that I don't like. First of all, I feel like he's just really going for like the easy mark, where he's non-specifically white or black, and therefore he gets to make fun of all the stereotypes. And maybe he can do a couple of accents too, right? And okay, I think we should be able to laugh at ourselves, but... There's a step where it no longer is just um, a let's all laugh at our differences. It feels like it's a shtick. It's the same thing as the guy making fun of his, his weight or his being Jewish or whatever. But now you can kind of like, you have this license to like make fun of anybody in the crowd. Hmm. And that's kind of what he does. Number two, he appeals a lot to residential outside of like residential small town types um people who tend to be xenophobic tend to be racist tend to be a little bit uncomfortable because they live in non-super cosmopolitan places they're good people but they're just not exposed to that and it seems like comics like that end up appealing to that kind of segment because they can come and sort of comfort be comfortably racist right by b- Vicariously through this guy who can at once do all the funny accents and the funny ethnic stuff, but he can also speak to them in their perfect uh, local dialect.
0: Like he gives them permission to be racist? Correct. Yeah.
1: And I think there's, I don't think it should be stopped right now and all shows should be canceled. Like, you know, that's, I'm not mm-hmm. outraged. Mm-hmm. Fuck outrage. Right. But I see a problem there and i and then that's maybe one of the things that's always kept me from wanting to exploit my immigrant status
0: but do you
2: do you, you think what that, i'm saying
0: yeah i I totally understand what you're saying and i and I've thought about this a bunch of times um and you've brought it up to me a, a bunch of times as well um but do you think that that is a positive or a negative thing right like to get some like some of these things out in the open? And people of all colors and nationalities and whatnot, kind of all laughing about the same stuff, is that a bad thing? I mean, it, I agree, it's a bit of a shtick. And Russell Peters kind of burnt out for me after his first special. Pretty much, me too. Yeah, you know, there's still people who go, and his tours are immense, massive. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, he's he's just printing money at this point. Um, it's garbage. But the initial appeal that we had with with Russell Russell. Peter's was, you know, there was something, there was something cool about it. It was kind of like nothing is off the table. You know, I'll make fun of myself. I'll make fun of black guys. I'll make fun of uh, Chinese guys. I'll make fun of. Accurately. That's also very important. Yeah. yeah, Accuracy is super important. Yeah. Spot on.
1: All right. If you do, if you do that Chinese joke and you're talking like a Chinese person, you you don't nail the accent. You're Michael Scott from The Office.
0: Right. 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 No, it's a very, very (laughs) narrow line to walk. But I would, I would argue that, you know, as hokey as the execution may be, uh, it, there may be something cool about it, you know. I don't think we have as much racial tension here in Canada as th- there is in the States. I think we kind of freak out more about language than we do about skin color, maybe. But...
1: I, I agree. Know. I would agree with your, with your assertion. Although I think that also has to do with the fact that we're frozen half of the year <laughs> possible <laughs> we're f- and that just like kind of brings all of us into one comment we're all, we're, we, all we all are the color of jackets and scarves for right. half the year and when all that stuff comes off in the summer <laughs> we're like we don't even give a shit
0: well people will always find a reason to hate each other and correct you know I just don't think that it has so much to do with skin color here as it does with the, with your, the language that you speak
1: mm. I get what you're saying though um you're like you're saying. Is there maybe? Uh, yes, there is. I agree. There is a overall effect of making people less anxious about race and yeah. culture. And if we can all laugh about it, it brings us a little bit closer. I guess what I resent is the the milking of it.
0: Right, and I think actually that's what what drove Dave Chappelle a little bit crazy. Remember, like Dave Chappelle had his own his his show, which was amazing.
1: Yeah, he was offered like fifty mil to. He was, like another the, season.
0: he was at the top of the world and then yeah. he just like fucked off and went to Africa. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what happened is that like he was making fun of things like, you know, he did his like little, his like crackhead routine, like that's crack, you know, kind yeah, yeah. of scratching his neck and yeah, some and ghetto stuff,
1: some racial stuff, some racism, slavery stuff. Right. But he was uh, doing it. To, what was to, his name? Uh, Bigsby.
0: Right. Right. <laughs> But he w- he was doing it in a in a way to be funny. But right. then, like, I think he saw people in the crowd, like, you know, white rednecks in the crowd going, like, "Yeah, all black people are crackheads." And then he's like, "Oh shit, what?" I know, I He's like, "Oh shit, what have I done?" You know, like I'm doing the opposite of what I intended to do. Did he like, actually
1: I, mention that, that specifically as being an issue?
0: Yeah, I mean, I watched some interviews with them and stuff. I think I think after watching all of that, like. It seems to me and that's just my opinion but you got to him yeah because he was trying to be satirical and then i think he saw that some people in the audience were it was like confirming their racial biases right and he, it just drove him crazy like well, what am i doing here like it's not, this isn't having the effect that i want it to have I'm like and then he took out. off. Took yeah. off and yeah, and
1: thing. I think his father died too, so that was had a, like a huge effect on him. But right. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Like,
0: uh, there's two sides. There's two. Sides there's two it. sides to it. Like and some people will, you know, it'll it'll bring everybody together for some people, and for other people, it'll be like, yeah, yeah, all those people of that color are like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I have a safe place now to be able to cackle to be hateful and and hateful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's always the problem with art period is that if you're doing something kind of meta and deep like that you know um
0: it's open to the interpretation of
1: the small-minded exactly and they may just choose to hang on to this part the obvious part of your message and you lose control of your message very fast
0: right particularly if you're doing satire and they take it literally right right
1: yeah um i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie to you about the fact that i've Always been curious about stand-up comedy. But the thing is that I think there's a... And I've I've toyed with... <laughs> I've toyed with being on stage and stuff. I've done it before, right? Have you? Yeah. Not stand-up, but actually um, in high school, I did it. As really? a, uh But not... I didn't announce it. So what happened was it was like the talent show. And it was a really... As all high school talent shows are, it was terrible. Mm-hmm. It was badly organized, but of course it was packed to the rafters because parents love to see their kids be terrible. They don't give a shit, you know? And I know I'm going to go to my fair share. If I've, if I've already gone to my fair shirt of long, sweaty, badly organized, horribly put together things, but you're like, you don't give a shit. It's your baby, right? right? So it was packed to the rafters, and they had like fashion shows and people singing terribly and people doing basketball tricks. It was it was a shit show. <laughs> but in between the setups, they would have these two poor guys kind of come out and try to do jokes to okay. kind of keep it going while behind the curtains, they're changing the set. And I was sitting with the shit disturbers. It just happened to be that that year I was popular. I think it was the only year I was popular. I was never like a nerd or, or you know. Um, nerd! yeah i was never like nobody dunked my head in the toilet or anyone no i would have fucking killed them but i was generally well liked but i was never they never talk about that middle crust that middle wave Hmm. where you're not the valedictorian you're not the mr cool but you're not exactly you're not getting your lunch stepped on and people taking your shit like stuffed in your locker
0: (laughs) head in the toilet uh, yeah i I was just a regular dude
1: Right. But that year, for some reason, I think it's because... Popularity
0: it challenged, I think, is the appropriate term. Popularity
1: challenged. <laughs> that year, I was at a school in, uh, just outside of the city. And it was a smaller school. And also, you know, ironically enough, being ethnic, being other uh, made me kind of special. Because there was me and seven other people, I think, that were of other persuasions, mm-hmm. if you will. So yeah, so these these poor guys are coming out between the sets, and they're doing these terrible knock knock type jokes. And my friend uh, Guillaume, who um, I just recently found on Facebook, keeps like he was kind of like my uh, my sidekick, even though he was like six foot two. That <laughs> was the okay. tighty
0: guy. Sidekick slash bodyguard.
1: Not really. He was just a tall lanky kid, and we used to eat lunch together every day. And he would he was a he was. Um, was a klepto a bit of a kleptomaniac and he wore these big jackets so he just used to stuff his jackets with crap and i wore baggy clothes i was going through a baggy clothes phase so he would stuff my pockets while i was paying for something he would just use his giant basketball hands to shove like candy in my pockets and then we would just walk back to school and i'd be like you got a snickers he's like i got Toblerone." around all right hook it up and then we just eat this was our friendship So Guillaume is, like, back at this talent show. He's, like, elbowing me. He's, like, get up there. Get up there, man. Do something. I'm, like, what? What are you talking about? He's, like, yeah, man. Fucking these guys suck. And I don't know what he said to me, but I got up. And we're talking, like, lighting all on the stage. All you see is the top of heads. Mm -hmm. There's maybe 300 people in this room. And I just walk up on the stage. And everyone's, like, freaking out because it's unexpected and some some of the kids like thought it was cool, right? And I was like, I get up there and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? As the <laughs> lights are all in my face, I'm like, I couldn't see the faces of anybody. Yeah. And I'm like, what am I doing? And I just kind of went on this weird autopilot. I grabbed the mic from the guy and I'm like, all right, you're excused. Ah! Laughter, right? And I turned around and I'm like, I didn't even think of a joke to tell. And of course, the only joke I could remember at that particular point Was a dirty joke, a really (laughs) inappropriate joke. And it was a long one, too. And I told it, and luckily, it got like a. It popped. (laughs) It worked. Right? And then I I came away like a superhero that night.
0: Do you remember the joke?
1: Uh, It's really terrible. Okay.
0: Do it. (sighs) If not now. This is now.
1: It's so anticlimactic. Um, If not you. So it's a. It's a g- – <laughs> 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 that's funnier than this joke. Um, it's a guy – I think it's a guy who's down on his luck because he's really unattractive and he can't get a date. And then he meets – and he sees another guy in a bar that he knows and who's even uglier than he is. But he's got the girls, like, eating out of his hand and, like, they're, like, playing with his hair. And, and he's, like – goes over and he's, like, dude – what's your secret? Like, come on, help, you know, help her brother out. Like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, dude, it's very easy. He takes him out into the parking lot and he shows him this brand new Harley Davidson. He's like, this right here, baby, you just got to hook one of these up. It's like magic, right? And then so he scrapes all his little money together and he buys like a fixer upper because he can't afford a brand new one. And the dealership guy tells him, listen, she'll run like, She'll run really fine. But you gotta remember, like the chrome is really sensitive. So if it rains, you gotta Vaseline down the whole motorcycle. You gotta, you gotta grease it down. Here, here, here's a tub of Vaseline. You just gotta like grease this fucker down if there's any rain and just to protect it. So he's like, all right, cool. So he starts riding his motorcycle. And sure enough, within a week, he's got a girlfriend. He's got a cute girlfriend. She's she's crazy about him. He's over at her parents' Uh, uh, meeting the parents, and then he walks into the house, and the first thing that he sees uh, in this house is that the dishes are stacked to the ceiling. And he's like, "Okay, what the fucks up with this family? Like, they don't wash the dishes, right?" Imagine me telling this joke on stage, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is it's a this, lot of setup. This is a lot of setup, right?
0: Not so, <laughs> <laughs> right?
1: So they start eating, and he starts. He just or just before they start eating, he asks the family, he's like, what's the deal with, th-? he asks his girlfriend, his fiance, what's the deal with the dishes? And she tells him, um, well, we got a rule in this family, you know, if you, if you, if you talk at the table, you, you have to wash dishes. And it's been about six months now, and no one's broken this rule. So he's like, oh, that's interesting. All right, well, he kind of starts to think in his mind, I'm going to make these fucking people talk. I'm gonna break it today, right? This is ridiculous. I gotta make these guys talk. So during the dinner, he just reaches over at some sec- uh, at a moment, and he just grabs his fiance's tits like in front of dad, grandma, everybody, and starts fondling her breast. And everyone's sort of red in the face and really angry. But <laughs> they're just looking over and they see the dishes, and they're like, "Oh, okay, all right." Just nobody says a word, right? So he's like, "Okay, tough crowd, tough crowd," you know. So a little bit later, he turns over and he grabs his mother-in-law's boobs, <laughs> and he starts fondling those. The dad is like, he's like red, like beet red. He's like he wants to freak out, but he knows that if he says a word, you know, that's it. All those dishes are on him. So it's like that's not working. So uh, you know, he uh, he he throws his fiance on the table and he he starts to he starts to like make love to her in front of everybody. Now everybody's like freaking out, like grandma. Everyone's super offended, but like still nobody's saying a word. But they're at the the breaking point, right? (laughs) They're at the breaking point because this is getting ridiculous. And at this point, even he's going like, okay, well, I've taken this too far. Okay, clearly this family is made of steel, you know. And at some point he hears uh, the thunder roll outside and he realizes it's about to rain. So he's like, oh, fuck, takes out his Vaseline. And the dad just pops up and he's like, fuck it, I'll do it. I'll do the dishes, don't touch me, right? (laughs) (laughs) so this is clearly a 90s joke right because the idea of somebody uh having anal sex with you is like controversial (laughs) don't ask me why but it got like um uh like thunderous laugh oh yeah right and i was worried as i was telling the joke i'm like the parents are gonna kill me there's teachers in this fucking place they're gonna want to murder me for this joke right uh but I got away with it so I guess my point is cuz the
0: punchline is anal sex without actually mentioning anal sex right maybe that's what's it's, just, what saved it's me. the innuendo
1: right yeah but it's a bit homophobic yeah yeah I suppose but maybe in a funny way yeah I don't know I guess in the hands of a more skilled storyteller this could be even funnier but my my point is is I that I think you did it right thank you uh my point is I would have butchered it yeah <laughs> I don't even know why I told this joke. It's I think it's because the only joke I could remember. Right? And well, you're
0: on the spot. Like, that's crazy that you go up on stage and not even with a, th- a thought of what you're gonna say. Just be like, give me that mic.
1: Yeah, I don't. Like, I still can't believe I did that. Yeah. I must have been very young, and and desperately desperately wanting the attention of girls or something. I don't know something hormonally and testosterone wise must have been oh, i've
0: been trying to convince you for years to go out and do the stand-up <laughs> but this this sidekick seemed to succeed where i failed
1: well i think it's because i didn't i didn't really think about it as stand-up i just went up and i did it you know yeah. but um i also there's the other part of me which is i don't want to disrespect the game right you know because uh i listened to enough of it to know that it's a it's an art form
0: yeah for sure it is but you know? if you have if you have too much reverence for it, then you can't that, do that'll it. paralyze you too.
1: With like filmmaking, yeah, that's a good point. Now how did you get into doing stand up? Man, it was I didn't even I didn't even plan. I'd I'd never been to stand up, I'd never seen it. And I was out at a show uh, well, it was a, a bar, really, and there were a few guys doing comedy. I was there with my cousin and his friend, and they got drunk. They started heckling the comedians. I didn't even know what was going on. And then the, the, the host of the show, he was like, oh, you think you're so funny? Why don't you come up? And my cousin's like, I can't go up, but he can. And I'm like, oh, oh, I didn't even, because I'm sober, I don't know why I've been involved. <laughs> but yeah, that's nice. what drunk people do. Drunk people throw you under the bus, so I was gone. <laughs> And uh, yeah, and then I, I went on stage because now it was just like male bravado. It's like either you go up or you guys are all scaredy cats. So, you, uh, so I went up and I, don't, I, just, I just spoke, just spoke. And I spoke some more and people laughed. And so I carried on and they laughed some more. And, I was, and that was it. And I've been doing that ever since. I still don't know what I'm doing. I just talk and then, and then when the people stop laughing, I'll just wave and go home. That's, <laughs> that's my plan. Yeah, that's, a, that's a good plan. It's a great
2: plan.
0: Yeah, I went to see a Jimmy Carr show. It was a gift. I uh, was waiting, uh, waiting in line, saw... I'd seen enough Jimmy Carr to feel like I had kind of a relationship with the guy. And when he sort of walked by, I recognized him and I just kind of gave him like a, yo, what's up, like kind of head nod. How did like, you, How did he react? Oh, he was very nice about it. He kind of gave me a, yeah,
1: oh, oh, hello. Oh, hello.
0: Kind of <laughs> head nod as well, like just kind of respect thing. Sure. I don't know. I guess it's maybe... Working in large companies in the past is kind of just kind of reflex, you know, as soon as you know somebody's face, you just kind of give them like a, oh, hello, <laughs> hello, good day. I fancy seeing you here. Yeah. It's oh. <laughs> like a friendly thing. Yeah. But, and then I realized afterwards, like, oh, I don't know him at all. Yeah. I have no like, idea who this person it's is. A, it's a one-sided relationship. Like I've seen the stuff that he puts out, but he doesn't know me from a hole in the wall.
1: Yeah. I, and I think this is what's responsible for a lot of the weirdness that happens with fans fans. Um, and why some celebrities totally just jump in there and, like, will talk to everybody, where others feel really uncomfortable, understandably, in meeting their fans, because you would never talk to another individual in that way. Right. Right? Yeah, it's it's bizarre. Especially, like, let's say your comedy is is very personal, like you're a Louis C.K., or you're one of these guys that, that kind of... Makes comedy out of your everyday life or these dark moments, you know, that's very personal stuff, and it's funny because it's relatable. But at the same time, that even I guess maybe exacerbates the this feeling that you may actually know this person now.
0: Yeah, it strays from like anything that we're evolved to to deal with. This is like this broadcast mm-hmm. of these personality types, and you listen to them you develop a, a relationship or an affection for them but they don't know who you are
1: you have no idea and they to be fair they they can't even it's not their fault no. like every night they're in a different city
0: right and it and like it hits like certain evolutionary cues i suppose mm-hmm. like you're you know like you you know what their face you know their name you know uh, you know what they think about a certain thing about, about certain topics and you've heard them talk you may be related or hated them or whatever feeling that might have evolved you have
1: a like you said you have this one-way relationship with someone yeah it's really strange it's very strange i was uh what was i watching the other day um i was listening to all jackson 5 music but also to the last stuff that jackson 5 put out together before michael jackson went his own way okay and also some of the reunion stuff that they did Mm -hmm. and it was a reunion show um that, you know, in any other circumstance was kind of hard to watch because you can clearly tell that while his brothers were never without talent, they did not possess a fraction of his star power. Right. Nor did anyone, I think, ever.
0: Uh, yeah, they were kind of all riding on his coattails.
1: Yeah, but I think even if they had worked really hard at it, because to hear the stories of the Jackson household, like they were cattle driven beaten in senseless into stardom right but it was clearly a support mechanism for michael that was like this absolute prodigy Mm -hmm. so this 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 video i watched was them reuniting and at this point they're probably all in their mid-40s and they're all kind of trying to look cool and like wear cool shirts and stuff but they all look it all looks kind of awkward but anyway the point is the minute that they started doing the song and michael jackson kind of comes out in front um they kept popping to the crowd and you could see people actually crying and I forget I forgot how that's something that you don't see anymore hmm right like people were actually cracking up like they couldn't and these were not all weirdos like they was some of these people were grown men and women and they're 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 crying they're like grown-up crying uh, and like clapping their hands along to Michael Jackson's song but they're literally like crying like little kids because so they're you so don't moved. See
0: out of outside of one direction and Justin Bieber concerts yeah I mean I in can understand day and age
1: it's fairly it's fairly easy to get a, like a horde of 14 year old girls and nine year old girls like screaming because they they're going through that phase right hmm. so it's fairly easy to put a cute boy with a hairdo do a couple of moves and uh, do some really elementary romantic stuff and like ah right yeah new kids on the block and all that but I'm talking about like hyperventilating Grownups right. Who are completely like So I can understand someone Seeing this person in real life And just starting to ball and be like Oh my god this means so much to me <laughs> And you're the star And you're like um, I don't know what to do with that Like thank yeah, we- you Thank you for buying my tickets and my albums But I just really don't know What to do with this I wouldn't know what the fuck to do with that I can't
0: reciprocate a relationship that doesn't exist on my side Right yeah. And even as it's happened a little bit with the podcast. Like we're <laughs> what we're, do you mean? we're on episode 25 now. We've had people listen, people that we don't know directly. Yeah. You know, people we might know peripherally who've listened, you know, friend of a friend kind of thing and then you you go and you you meet somebody and they've they've heard the podcast and they've possibly heard multiple episodes of the podcast. They've
1: heard you talk for hours.
0: Yeah. They've possibly heard every single podcast, you know, potentially. Potentially, and you don't know them at all, right? And like it even happened when when um, Giancarlo came over, and I went to give like a handshake, and he 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 went in for like a uh, like a a, bro, a bro hug. hug. <laughs> it was like a bro hug or something. Like it was like it was more like a like hey, nice to see you, man. And I'm like hi, my name is Richard, and he's like oh oh shit, I I thought we. I thought we knew each other. Like I, we have a relationship. (laughs) I was like, oh, okay. That was that was kind of my first encounter with that. Like, oh, you have a relationship with me that I'm not aware of, right? Because I'm putting out this broadcast that you've been listening to, which I totally appreciate that he's listening to it and that he finds it interesting. Yeah, but then it was like it's just kind of this like weird. I don't know anything about you in the introduction part. You know, like I'm meeting him from from nothing. And well, then there's been a couple other people that I've that I've met and I'm not I'm not the most talkative guy either. So like if you met me out in the world, maybe you heard me here like say a few things, but I'm I'm not kind of monologuing the way that I am right now. So possibly listening to the podcast would allow you to kind of accelerate your knowing of me as opposed to meeting me. I don't know what that would be
1: like. Right. Yeah, but again, you're not con- you're not part of the conversation, right? You're just someone is just extracting. I, it's, it's a little bit like looking at someone's family photos. A little bit, yeah. Right, and you know all the stuff about them, and they've told you like you you've read their diary, and then you're like you're like, hey, brother, and like, yeah, ah, oh, isn't this like the time when you fell down when you were nine? You're like, what? Oh, well, oh, that's right. I talked about that at some <laughs> point.
0: It's actually one of the, one of the number one questions that I get at anytime I mention to somebody that we do this podcast is like, "Whoa, aren't you? Isn't it weird to put all like to be talking into the into the void onto the microphone and have people have this intimate relationship with you that you're not aware of and you know saying some stuff that you're not you know you mis- don't know what's mis- going or yeah. yeah exactly people misinterpreting what you're saying like I tend to be pretty. You know, conscious of the stuff that I that I say, you know, like I choose my words very, very carefully. Sure. But it's 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 on. I mean, I don't think that I say anything that I wouldn't say to somebody in real life. And th- I think that's actually the reason why the podcast works is that it's a real conversation. You know, it's a conversation that we would be having yeah. without the mics.
1: Yeah, there's that part. I think also the part that we're not the type of people to tell different people different stories. Right right
0: yeah yeah for sure yeah that would be the thing right if you're a disingenuous type of person that was always sort of changing the the message based on who was listening then that would be something that you'd be really really afraid of absolutely right the wrong person listening to this because it doesn't gel with one of your personas or right like you say some shit on the podcast and they listen to the podcast and then you say the opposite stuff when the knowing that they don't necessarily agree with what you're talking yeah, about it might
1: debunk some shit
0: yeah yeah Wonder- i hadn't even thought about that is that interesting yeah but as as a person who doesn't do that i it doesn't really occur to me
1: yeah i think that's that's maybe yeah i think to go back very briefly to the why i haven't done any stand-up or why i haven't in, ever taken a chance on that venue is because I, i'd be f- worried about constructing a persona that wouldn't be me or i wouldn't or that the fact that if I'm just myself, that that may not have been self. Like, I always think back, again, it's funny how things come full circle. I think back to that Will Smith uh, 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 Fresh Prince episode. There's an episode about that where one of his friends from the, the Hood shows up in Bel Air to visit him. And he's a stand-up comedian now. And uh, Will's like, oh, but everyone laughs at the shit I say, so I, I could totally do what you're doing. And the guy's like, uh, really? You want to? Yeah, man. Let's like, just like book me, man. Like, I crack up everybody. And I thought that was actually a really smart episode. And he goes up and he like bombs horribly hmm. as he realizes that he got the wrong impression because, yes, he made people laugh. But these were people that knew him right. that had social pressures or reasons to love him and to laugh at his jokes. Right. And that he was not necessarily not funny, but that it's not that simple.
0: Yeah, we had a buddy, actually, one of uh, Danny's buddies, who, uh, he's like the jokester type. Like, he fills that role. The jester. He's the jester Mm -hmm. in in the group, and he's, you know, his type of comedy lends itself very well to a stand-up, because it seems like he's always doing stand-up, but, you know, like... It, I think it takes more than that to to go up on stage. And he actually did try. And we went; we all went to support him doing. The okay, on, so did, he stage. did in fact try it, right? Yeah, he went up to one of those like uh, open mic night things. And apparently, the only thing you need to do in order to do open mic is just to bring enough of your friends.
1: Yeah, see, that's the other thing that's kind of weird because like it sounds like the wrong foot to start on. Well, I don't know to play to your to your crowd. Right? Shouldn't it be like, shouldn't you be going in cold into a room that you don't know anybody? Wouldn't that be
0: better? Maybe at a certain point, but to get over the initial jitters, that seems to be like a pretty good thing. I feel like if I took a chance, I'd want to do it that way. Right. As a performer. Like strangers. As a, as a club owner, it's kind of a safe bet for you to bring in like 15 yeah, of, of, your, of your buds. Yeah, no, I and, see the business sense of it. You right. know, then you get a, like a warm room. They've all paid the tickets. They're all buying drinks, right? you can you can afford to give the guy like ten minutes on on the stage. If he bombs, he doesn't bomb or, or bomb whatever. You know. Yeah, I get
1: the economics of it. Sure.
0: Yeah, and you sandwich him in between some some real comics. Yeah, or you have a really do.
1: strong hype guy, right? Who a dependable kind of host who yeah. can kind of uh, come and save it if if it's if it's going south.
0: Anybody who's been who's done stand up comedy, it just goes on and on about how difficult it is so i going in completely cold to a room that you don't know uh, that seems to be like the worst way to start (laughs) or if you can do that then you can do anything
1: i feel like it have less pressure yeah (coughs) oh maybe yeah Yeah, yeah that's true my only other um experience with this type of thing was um and i know you've asked me to talk about this before was years ago when um by a very strange set of coincidences and circumstances I found myself hanging out with wrestlers, right? And um, independent wrestlers, guys that were kind of trying to make it, for, and a whole bunch of guys who I you could sort of tell they were going to be church basement guys forever. Hmm. But very a, a very interesting scene that I got to sort of hang out in for a while. Uh, my girlfriend also ended up, her and I ended up making costumes. Like I started designing costumes. She used to make them and... Right. we fitted a whole bunch of guys but I, I had and a those little those costumes were awesome they they really were they yeah. really were like I literally like we were sitting at these shows and we're like okay these uh, half of these 90% of these guys are in shorts and combat boots and stuff they look like shit hmm. and I'd love to work with some of these people and uh, <clears throat> some of those people are still my friends today but like
0: you leveled them up to like Cirque du Soleil kind of level
1: yeah I mean for those that really wanted to make a, a go at it I think we helped some people really represent or at least get some some shots at the big leagues because they looked the part, right? right.
0: Which is a huge part of it. Right? It's a huge
1: part. I mean, right. pro wrestling is kind of over now as a as a phenomenon, but at the time it was pretty hot. And so I've always had a fascinating fascination with uh, <coughs> wrestling managers like these colorful characters that used to come out with the the bodies, you know. And we're right. often paired up. They were kind of stand-up comedy guys. Right. I mean, they Didn't, may not like, have done Donald clubs. Trump or, do it at some point? Trump's done it. Mike Tyson. Like, oh, a whole bunch of people have done yeah. it. But I'm talking about, like, the professional managers. You know, Bobby DeBrain Heenan. All these guys. Um, and I was always fascinated with them because the, they did this really great work. Right? Like, especially if they had some... They were paired up usually with someone who was physically really impressive but couldn't really talk on the mic and... Didn't have much of a personality, and then they'd give you all these great little uh, tropes that now are commonplace. You know, like the little Weasley manager that keeps helping the bad guy cheat his way to victories. Yeah, and then finally one day the good guy like chases him around the ring, grabs him, and like slugs him. Right. If it was a woman, they would like plant a kiss on them, and, like, all these, like, storylines that they <laughs> USA would USA
0: is not okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: And I'd love to do that as a topic, by the way, and have some wrestling uh, friends of mine come and talk about the business.
0: Yeah, we've got some really cool <clears throat> wrestling guys.
1: Um, so, yeah. So I, I actually decided to be a manager for, like, a little while. And I put together a persona, and I went out there, and I had some fun. And it was with strangers. Hmm. And I realized that what happens is, at least to me, when I go out there, I can't, I don't see faces. You just, I just sense this crowd as a, as a sort of a weird entity. Right. Right. And I'll look at people, but I don't remember their faces. I'm not really, I just react to whatever's going on. hmm And uh, it was a lot of fun. I, I, I really, I, and then one time my friends came and they kind of shouted things. And I remember that making me really uncomfortable knowing that they were out there.
0: They brought you out of character. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I could kind of be buck wild and crazy uh-huh. uh to a bunch of strangers, but to know that my friends were all sitting there, I'm like, okay, well they're gonna see through the act or they're gonna know which part is an act and which part
0: is me and Yeah. No, I think you need to have you need to be like kinda of solid in your showmanship before you can kinda of go back home and perform for the home crowd. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's kind of a thing, right? I think it's a thing with stand up comedy too. Is it? Yeah. Like going going back and doing the home show. Right. It's a bit of a thing.
1: It's a coming ho- oh, homecoming. Oh, yeah. 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 Right? You, like you go to South Africa and you crack that wide open and you do a world tour or whatever and then you come right. home to like your town and
0: it's like bedlam. <laughs> right. Because, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's tough when you deal with people who knew like a previous iteration of yourself. Right. Right? Because people who know you from before, if you try to reinvent yourself or try to do something new... They're always kind of trying to drag you back into what was familiar to them. What they it's liked like, about oh, you'll always doing. be that yeah. funny kid with the whatever, with, with the ears, with or the, the ears, the, <laughs> whatever. I don't know, whatever, whatever the thing is, you know? right? So yeah, it's it's weird, you know. It, it, like same thing with like uh, high school reunions. Like oh, how fucked up is that? You know, yeah, like I got a couple of those now. Fucking twenty years later, and you've you're in like a fully developed person now and like you go back and they're like, ah, you're still the guy who wet his pants at the thing and, or whatever, you know, or the guy that used to get kicked out of class or right, right. And then you almost find yourself kind of becoming that maybe. Well, that's the thing thing is that to me,
1: that whole era was such a blur Right. uh, that now that I'm getting like the pinged for these reunions, I'm terrified. I'm especially terrified because, I don't honestly remember how some of these relationships actually were. I was too young. I was I was very immature. Yeah. And I don't know what people retained of me as a memory, and what they expect of me when I show up. Like, would they expect to jump in my arms?
0: It's a completely different version of yourself, right? Like you, like was another life. It's like your cells rejuvenate every seven years or something, right? So is that what they say? Yeah. Like apart from like. You know, like a few parts of your bones and stuff. Like all of the cells have been replaced. Oh right, every okay. seven years, right, right, right. sort of thing, right? So if you're at your 20 year high school union, like your entire body, except like 97 percent of your body, let's say, uh, approximately, has been replaced three times. Dude, that, that blows time. my
1: mind. I can't. I I've never heard that. That's 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 incredible.
0: Yeah, cuz cells cells die and rejuvenate yeah. and whatever, right? So like and then you start to you're literally not the same person. <laughs> you're you're literally not the same person. Wow. You know? And like and then you start asking yourself, well, how do how do memories uh translate that that rejuvenation process, right? Okay. So like a lot of the times like the the memories that you hold on to are kind of almost like caricatures of memories that you had, you know, like they're, they're re- they've been reinvented a bunch of times, and they've been, like all that's been sort of translated from cell to cell enough times that like it's 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 a it's, pastiche, yeah. It's, so it's a total
1: satire or a cartoon, like you said, a caricature, totally. right?
0: Yeah, it's 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 really it's a really bizarre thought to think that, that's like, mind blowing. And then you run into people who have. And, like the whole thing about memory is that like you hold on to things that were significant right like you have a there's a limited amount of hard drive space so you hold on to things that are are relevant for you right things that like touched you in some way or things that like uh you know you you have to you have to attach a certain amount of significance to it in order for you to retain it at all and then over time it just becomes sort of distorted and distorted and more distorted Yeah. but then different people hold on to different Pieces significant moments right. and, and you could be part of those moments so then when you go back to somebody that you were in high school with they'll go back and they'll tell a story about how you changed their lives or that you were part of a story that changed their lives and you have absolutely no recollection of it geez yeah you know so now i'm definitely not going to my high school hearing (laughs) i I didn't go yeah high school is horrible but it's it's a it's a really kind of bizarre very
1: interesting but you know i realize now that what you're discussing actually kind of already happens even to non celebrities um because of social media right because even if there are of course those people who are masters at uh, tailoring and curating their content online um and you know uh, lisa um Shows me all the time this page that she's sometimes on, which is ostensibly a page for people to get rid of their old clothes. Women, okay. it's women, because women like to swap clothes. Guys don't. <coughs> guys don't fucking swap clothes. That like yeah, you know, it's a bit if, taboo. if you ever wanted to a clear distinction between men, men and women, there's one non crossover thing. Guys would never for, do clothes swaps. They would never do it. You know, you could give a buddy a jacket or be like hey man i don't wear yeah. this anymore but even then there's like a weird discomfort at accepting a jacket from another man you know but we mm. certainly would never like here some shoes and boots you're like no okay if i'm homeless that kind of works right but there's a bit of a resistance to that in a masculine sense you know i well, feel yeah, like it's a weird thing between guys right we don't share underpants no <laughs> and i and and certainly i hear these stories of these clothing swaps where where some girl shows up with uh tampons that she's not uh, she she bought some tampons. She used some of them, and realized that for X Y Z reason they weren't comfortable for her. So she just gives the rest of the box away, and one of the other girls just picks it up, right? Okay. And they're 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 completely cool with that. And I was almost envy that sort of that comfort. But between guys, like you try to give a pair of socks that you've worn to someone else, they'd be like, No, dude, I'm I'm cool. i <laughs> will just I get some fucking socks. <laughs> Keep your fucking socks, right? But before I lose my point here, the this particular page that she's on often is about clothes that people want to get rid of. And some people manipulate it to kind of show off their bodies and pretend that it's because, oh, I have this old skirt I want to get rid of. But all the pictures are like belly pictures and half nude pictures and sexy, sexy
0: pictures. What's the payoff there?
1: Attention. They're from trying whom? To, from facebook people i guess Uh, to maybe make other women jealous or
0: okay yeah i've seen that you see what i'm saying yeah but cosplay uh, is another thing
1: that sort of thing yeah that's totally another kind of that's uh, a huge huge one but what ends up happening is okay so for not talking about those people that know how to curate or that very deliberately curate their online presence in order to create an image of themselves even accidentally right if you're living some sort of a happy life. And Or just being happy and trying to make the best of it. And when something good happens, like you put up a picture of you and your brother skating, you know, you put up a picture of your kid, like a face full of chocolate cake for his second birthday. and Right. right. What you don't realize is you're creating this kind of uh, this, this flip book, not flip book, but this uh, picture book or this summer reel highlight reel that's a perfect yes you create inadvertently a kind of a highlight reel of your life because a lot of the people on Facebook you don't see regularly a lot of your friends right they may also be friends from another age from a past life from right. a past uh, time in your life and they keep in touch with you but all they see are these clichés and these pictures and these bits and pieces and they kind of have to they kind of mentally construct the rest Hmm. So what you've described, that odd feeling of running into someone who's listened to the show and then feeling kind of closer to you than you realized, that happens with Facebook too. When people see you, they're like, wow, you kind of like, I've had that happen Like because I've posted up the odd picture of my kid. People were like, oh, so, you know, I guess, man, you look like you're having a ball, man. Like you're traveling and the kids and you've done it, man. You've done it. I'm like, I I, I haven't done anything. I mean, yeah, I live my life, but... It's the same as yours, buddy, or whatever. Mm. But some people actually get fall under <laughs> the spell of a of, uh, of something you didn't even know you were casting, right? And um, they'll be like, "Oh well, I didn't want to bother you because uh, you seem like you had a pretty full plate." You're like, "Dude, you, you can still call me." Like, you know, it, it creates these false perceptions. I guess is what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, I think we were talking about. I was talking about this not long ago, but how kind of movies is it's sort of the same thing like right. facebook kind of creates a movie of your life where you don't you don't see all the in between stuff right you know yeah you're all not the bad days going to the bathroom eating uh, you know you're
1: not going to put up pictures of yourself when you had like diarrhea right
0: <laughs> sweeping the floors sweeping you know, the doing my
1: laundry screaming at my kid cuz he won't fucking listen yeah like no <laughs> obviously you're going to put up the
0: he did it. He wrote his own name. Right. Doing my dishes. Living the dream. <laughs>
1: <laughs> It'd be interesting as an experiment to document just the awful stuff. Right? Just just the mundane stuff.
0: Yeah. Like the anti-Facebook? Almost. Yeah.
1: And and announce things that are absolutely of no importance. <laughs> you know, like clipping yeah. your toenails or... Right. Like, uh, hey, I, I bought some new toothpaste and it's mintier than the last one. <laughs> So much mintier <laughs> and just that's the that's like it has to be ex- exactly not interesting
0: to I, would, I would I would approximate it three times mintier than the previous at least three times,
1: yeah. but it's also whitening because I'm starting to being concerned about the whiteness of my teeth because I saw a movie and right.
0: I, like this type of stuff whitening toothpaste does not work,
1: it doesn't work no are you are you crushing that that myth right now yeah, it's okay. marketing I believe it yeah. i've always I've Take never it from us. I've never believed it The The one fad that I was always creeped out by it was that weird like finger puppet Tooth cleaning thing Okay You know that like I don't even know what they called it The swish or whatever I don't
0: know Never caught on
1: Yeah it was very weird Yeah Or those weird strips you would put on your nose To remove To sleep better Or to decongest
0: Are you talking about the Biore thing? Oh that blackhead thing? Or no, the, no 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 a snoring thing I
1: think it was a snoring thing Oh yeah and it ended up being either BS or just, like, it ended up ripping off the skin off your
0: nose <laughs> and
1: giving you shingles or whatever the fuck.
0: Can you imagine? Like, you just bought into that fad and, like, yeah. you're, you're just, your nose is scarred for life.
1: Oh, I'm sure there's a whole bunch. Well, in fact, our generation is perfect proof of that uh, because nothing was hotter in our time than fucking piercings, Oh, right? I mean, I still have a librette and, and, and piercing that I, I wear, but... Um, Everybody had the the fucking eyebrow piercing, right? Right. That used to be just a gay thing, and then suddenly everybody started getting them. Yeah, it used to be a specifically a gay thing to get the eyebrow piercing with oh, a, I didn't like know that. glow in the dark. Uh, okay. Thing and, and then it,
0: and then people start getting like their face paralyzed and shit.
1: Yeah, and today There's, like, you, a nerve
0: there that like yeah that it, you it, can hit. Yeah, absolutely.
1: You like, can fuck up your, your like you your eye closes or your eye stays open. No, like your
0: whole side of your face is just like paralyzed, like yeah. you had a stroke. Yeah. yeah,
1: go figure. Running surgical steel through your face at random places may may or may not cause nerve mm. damage. Yeah. But
0: In hindsight, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty.
1: Right. <laughs> For some. In any case, like uh, the point is that um, it does create like a highlight r- highlight reel effect. I do agree, hmm. and uh, everything is distorted. So, I guess I guess we're all kind of experiencing a little bit of that disconnect. And also, sometimes I get downright paranoid when I think about me tweeting or Facebooking some random thoughts I've had and what kind of a portrait that might paint of me to someone or the fact that maybe I forgot there are people in my friends list that I don't actually trust into certain circles of my life.
0: Well, I guarantee you that there are people on your friends list that you don't trust. Right. Like. How, it's many, almost how many friends do you have? Like two hundred? Like I think the average is like two hundred. Yeah, I don't have the. I've I like. It's I probably like a hundred and ninety people you don't trust. <laughs>
1: There's like three hundred ninety people I think in my friends list, and I've three ninety. And I've and I. Oh I've, shit, bro! But I've 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 actually
0: I I uh I do some cleaning. Oh. But so three ninety is after the cleaning. Yes. Wow, that's not a lot. Wow, you're very popular. You're a very popular person. <laughs> <laughs> but it's and i know you <laughs> the
1: point is that it's very uh for sure the, the, uh facebook what it does even though it tries to simulate this you don't really have the circles you don't really have the, you can't compartmentalize friends and connections uh no matter how hard you try right it's right. it's not that easy to do and so some guy that you worked on with a movie and you hit it off kind of thing is kind of getting the same info on you than someone you went to high school with and someone who you see twice a week right right and that's kind of
0: 366 friends oh there you go see all right so i'm right up there with you
1: you underestimated yourself yeah yeah i really did and then we tend to add people after we have a party people tend to add each other Randomly, because there was alcohol involved and there were right. some laughs, so everyone wants to be friends. But many of those times, nobody ever sees anyone else again. Right. <laughs> uh, films are the worst for that. Like you make a movie. Oh yeah. You spend this like concentrated time with these people, and you develop some real bonds. But like most mm-hmm. of them end up going nowhere.
0: I friend a lot of people. Well, not a lot of people, but I friend some of the people that are on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> most of the people on the. Well, podcast. that's cool. Yeah. I've, Just to be able to tag them in the Facebook thing afterwards. And, that makes
1: sense. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And uh, you know, it's an opportunity to meet new people and stuff.
1: Yeah. So. but I mean I think it's just
0: a little odd it's all
1: yeah it's a bizarre.
0: It's a very bizarre thing.
1: Yeah. So um I mean to kind of round out the the, the 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 comedy situation is um before I forget I wanted to tell you this is that Jimmy Carr, um I may have told you this before, but I thought he was blind. For the longest time. Oh, yeah, you did tell me that. And I want to know, am I the only person who thought he was blind? Yeah. I, don't, I have no idea. Because <laughs> that never, and that, that rarely happens that I have a thought that no one else has had. Um, but You're the I, only
0: person who's ever said that to me. But okay. I don't really speak at length about different comedians. Well, so. the
1: first time I saw him was uh, just for laughs. Uh, he was doing his bit um, where he's kind of playing a dick. Yeah. He's being a, a little bit of a dick. Uh, but like facetious, um, bad person. Right. But I was I was a hundred percent sure that he was blind. And that's,
0: that's his whole shtick, is being like a is that morally reprehensible person.
1: Really? Yeah. Okay, so he's still kind of doing that. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. That's his whole thing.
1: That's another thing. Developing a style.
0: Yeah. Do you think that you laughed harder because you thought he was disabled? Yes. Really? Yes. You give him a pass for no, being an asshole. No, 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 I, I thought it was amazing
1: that a blind guy was being a dick. I thought that was amazing because <laughs> it made, made, made. I was like, this guy can do things for blind people.
0: Ah, okay, cool.
1: Right? Yeah. It can make them just as lovable or just as reprehensible Despica- as. <laughs> <Despicable>. Yeah. <laughs> this is this guy's like opening up territories, and I'm, and then I don't know if it was you the first time or whatever. I was like, yeah, and he's blind too. That's amazing. And people are like, what? Yeah, you know, he can't see. You're like, what, <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> he's not blind? He he just has this weird way of looking, I think, that is sim- yeah. uh, similar to the way people look when they can't see.
0: Yeah, he's a little squinty. I would say. Yeah, he's
1: weird. I don't know, is it I that? Know. I have no idea. <laughs> That's just an impression. That I. <laughs> yeah. Yeah okay. Yeah, I feel like I can, like see, it. I can I, see it. I feel like this is a bit now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I thought Jimmy Carr was blind. <laughs> Jimmy Carr is blind. Okay, that's it. That's <laughs> the name of the episode I'm writing. It a, down. Jimmy
1: Carr is blind. Cool. So hopefully he he takes notice. And um, but anyway, well, we have a relationship,
0: so it's fine.
1: There you go. It's true. You guys are <laughs> close.
0: <laughs> we head nodded to each other. So but you know
1: fine. that that's another thing for me uh, when it comes to celebrities uh, being. I've, I've run in. I've had a naturally. I don't know if it's unnatural, but I've had more than a few run-ins with celebrities. Like I've met them on the street. Hmm. Um, I guess maybe it's just a luck thing. And I've always been very conscious of the, of the way I act when I when I see one, right? Um, because I never want to be that asshole. I never want to be that right. person that grabs their jacket or tries to get them to like. I feel you, you, whenever you see celebrities in the real life. You see how they get victimized hmm. by people who, like, they're just, like, trying to buy, a, I don't know, a beer at the at the store and somebody's on their phone and they're like, oh, my God, oh, my God, you don't know who's standing in line with me. And you're like, whoa, I'm just trying to buy this beer. And they're like, oh, my God, dude, dude, my girlfriend's online. Can you say something? Can you do a funny bit? Can you do a little dance? Minimum, you've got to sign something or you've got to take a picture with them. And if you don't... Their people get incredibly juvenile and, and butthurt, right? If a celebrity acts in any way that a normal person would act in that situation, they've For immediately sure. have to be available to you, even if they just came out of a porta potty somewhere at a concert mm-hmm. and just came to watch the show. They immediately have to be entertaining and funny and receptive to your f- mania and your fandom of them, otherwise. Now more than ever, you can go online and be like, "Oh, he was a dick to me. I guess we know the truth now."
0: <laughs> and I always thought that was really weird. It is weird and dark. Yeah. So what's gonna happen the first time that somebody does that to you? Oh, you because mean, of this podcast.
1: Well, when I when I become super powerful. But
0: yeah, I mean, it's only a matter of time. <laughs> it's Somebody's only a be matter- like, oh shit, that's Jason oh from Fire God. in the Hole.
1: Well, the whole concept dance, of dance monkey dance dance for me. <laughs> Dance monkey. Um, I honestly don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think uh, I think the key to it is to counter creep. Like I've seen a few celebrities do this.
0: Okay. Um, they, and I've even. Or they seen just jump on the person's back and demand a pig, piggyback ride or something.
1: Bill Murray is really good <laughs> at
0: it, right? Like he he's prob- probably one of the
1: most. Uh, irritated individuals with that kind of reaction yeah like there's constant examples of him desperately wanting to be human again you know and people think it's really cute when he crashes parties and he walks into people's like uh, dinners Mm. and sits down but it's just because he wants to be normal right he doesn't he never wanted this adulation but it just Uh makes him more endearing so he just can't escape what he is right Mm. but i think something like I think I saw Julian do something one time, uh, when he was back in his public speaking author days, where he would get kind of this these weird. uh, I don't want to say sycophant, but like I'd get some somebody who was clearly like all over his 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 product, and spotted him at a party or a beer, and like really wanted to to express to him how much, and i think even julian was creeped out by it i hope he doesn't mind me talking about this but i think even he was a little like didn't know what to do and he ended up just like hugging the guy <laughs> and I, I don't think even julian realizes the genius of that right because right. someone just came and kind of tried to put you in an uncomfortable kind of give me what i need right and he just said all right fuck it i'm gonna overstep my normal bounds and then checkmate just, <laughs> he just, he just, he just like power hugged this guy and the guy was just like, uh, and his, his weird fa- phonetic shit, like fell apart, like pretty much right away.
0: Like for an uncomfortably long period of time. Yeah. You just hug him for like a full, like solid two minutes.
1: <laughs> you don't let go. Yeah. And, and you, you wait for him to, you, you wait for him to try head. to like
0: get away <laughs> and then you wait for him to like submit. It, it, you know
1: what it is? It's the, it's the groundhog day approach. Remember? Yeah, uh the Groundhog Day speaking of yeah. Bill Murray. Yeah. Uh a uh, uh, Bill Ryerson or whatever. Uh there's that brilliant actor who does the like sc- uh, nasal voiced <clears throat> annoying insurance salesman and he's like every time he sees him he's like is it you? Oh, it's you. And he's totally a uh, old high school friend or whatever. Right. And he's like, and he just completely invades his space. And he's like, oh, man, we should get together or whatever. And then he keeps trying to fight him off every single day Right. until at one point he just grabs him and hugs him. And he softly, like, whispers in his ear. He's like, I don't know what you're doing today, but cancel. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the other guy goes, like, uh, "Uh, what?
0: I need to rewatch that movie. Just,
1: just. Whatever you're doing, just cancel. Okay, <laughs> I just I love you, and he just holds him there, and the other guy's like, oh, "I've always loved oh, you."
0: Okay,
1: all right. It was nice seeing you, and he just fucks off. It yeah. completely eliminates his. Uh, I almost felt like that was a uh, Bill Murray kind of alluding, maybe to the <laughs> celebrity experience.
0: Yeah. Okay, right? so we're gonna do that. So counter creep. All right. So if anyone comes up to us, yes, on the street, we're gonna do that. We're gonna we're gonna hug you for an uncomfortably long period of time. Yes, and we're gonna whisper into your ear, <laughs> sweet little, no, sweet sweet, sweet little, little nothings.
1: sweet little nothing's. Yeah, I, I'm only gonna do that to a creep. If someone comes to me like, in a weird way. Yeah. But if someone's just genuine and is like, "Hey, what's up?" Then I'll be like, "Hey, what's up?"
2: Okay, I'm gonna I, do the hug thing.
1: You're gonna do the hug thing. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Across
2: <laughs> the board. <laughs> yeah, you're hugging
0: anyone me. who just like acknowledges me. I'm just gonna do that. I'm just gonna yeah. even if they don't even know about the podcast and. I'm just going to hug I you feel know. like
1: that would work um, uh, breaking into a, a slow song. Oh, okay. You know, like you, you cup their, your, their face in your hands and you're just like, mm. you've lost
0: that love and feeling. <laughs> like really
1: softly singing
0: to them. And that's in their name? Like Jennifer? Jennifer. Jennifer. Lost that love and feeling. Right. Yeah, you got to do these
1: little gentle things. Like you got to like off the dust on their or whatever the the snow off of their shoulders and just be like hmm. i missed you
0: right <laughs> just like lovingly put your your palm on the side of their cheek yeah
1: just like, why don't we talk why don't why don't i why don't we see each other more often
0: what's happened to us what jennifer? happened to
1: us jennifer <laughs> what happened to us jennifer
0: we used to have something special
1: <laughs> i want that connection back and i'm willing to do what it takes <laughs> Are you? <laughs> but uh, honestly, that's like from no one th- will ever approach us ever again. Ever, we've just inoculated it.
0: Yeah. Um, but really? I mean, that's
1: that's what I do when I see celebrities. Like uh,
0: you, cup their faces and ask what's happened to us. No, no, no,
1: no, because that's 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 like that doesn't work in that direction. Oh, okay, what I try to do is say something like, "Love your work, man." Hmm. Or hey. It's really great to see you. I'm a I'm a fan of your work. Right? Hmm. And thus, I'm not making any claims to knowing them as an individual. I'm not claiming to know them because I know their face and all this stuff. I'm just like, well, I've seen you in a bunch of movies. Right. Where I watched you perform on stage a whole bunch of times.
0: And I would like to have your babies. <laughs>
1: oh, no. I mean... <laughs> I mean, I love your work, man. But you see, it's a small, it's a small nuance, but I feel like if... Uh, if i were on the other side of that equation i'd really appreciate that
0: for sure well i would just like to say i love your work man
1: i love your work too man thanks and i don't know what you're doing later but
0: you should cancel (laughs) (laughs) check us out on itunes um rate subscribe uh leave us some comments on uh, soundcloud
1: yep we're on soundcloud we're on stitcher we're on itunes um, spread the word if you like what we're doing um, let us know if you have thoughts about the show and uh, you know send us messages if you want to be part of the show and if you think you have something cool to contribute
0: fire in the whole podcast at gmail.com
1: there you go so fire fire in the Whole podcast on iTunes on Stitcher on SoundCloud check it out and thank you for listening
0: thanks very much guys fire in the-